millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. COVID-19, coronavirus, the peak, the curve. Oh dear, are you getting fed up with it yet? Welcome to Full Throttle Podcast for Monday the 18th of May. 2020 and of course I joke about it there but we're just going to have to be patient aren't we and see what happens but in terms of bike racing we're waiting to see whether we get a season this year and joining us on this week's show will be world super sport team boss and former rider himself Simon Buckmaster to discuss the financial support that the teams are now receiving from Dorna that's great news and the possibilities of racing this year. And as you're about to hear with Simon, it sounds like he's quite optimistic that we're going to get some World Superbike racing this year. On next week's show, we will have Larry Carter, the BSB pit lane reporter, celebrating his 21st season in the paddock. Actually, here's a bit of a secret. Larry's interview was supposed to be included in this week's show, but as he and I ended up talking for well over our set time limit, we had to put it into a special episode for next week. But for now, let's focus on Simon Buckmaster. He's one of the nicest and also one of the most outspoken people, I think it's fair to say, which is great in the whole of the World Superbike paddock. It's Simon Buckmaster on this week's Full Throttle. First of all then, Simon, what have you been doing the last few months? You've just been lounging around at home like most people have. <laughs> no, uh, to be honest with you, like there's my, the work full-time in the team, there's myself, Sarah Stoppy was our PR and um, logistics manager, um, Stuart Millen, my senior technician, and George Buckmaster, he is my son, but he works, at, he works as a technician in the team. So to be honest, what we've done, we've gone out there, we've prepared extra engines, we've done all the uh, preparation work we can, and we've done things around the work. There's only three people in the workshop, so obviously when I'm there, a lot of times only two because I do a lot of the work at home as well. So we've like, with social distancing, of course, um, done maintenance work, we've done other things we could that we wouldn't normally have the time to do. Like we've used our time as, as, as well as we can and um, to be as well prepared as we can for the restart of, of the season. It's a mess though, isn't it really? Quite frankly, I suppose there's no getting away from the fact that the World Superbike Championship, like so many other sports, like so many businesses in general, it's a right mess at the moment. There must be a lot of people potentially losing a lot of money. It's damage limitation, isn't it? Of course, you know, it, 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 that's why we as a team, Dynamo Honda, our team this year, run by my company, PTR, has been as busy as we can on, on social media with different features on, on your through Facebook, through our Facebook page, through Twitter, through Instagram, and our website, um, to generate as much interest as we can for the team and all the people involved around the team. I think that's important, but yes, it is a mess. There's no other way to put it, I suppose. But that's why it's, it's really important that, um, that we can run as many races as possible this year so that we, we all are um, doing the job we should do for the people we do it for. That's um, for our riders, for the people that back our partners, that back our teams. Otherwise, yeah, um, it could be an even bigger problem in 2021. 
But just to help people understand, Simon, and obviously we may have new listeners with us for the first time as well. How would essentially a team like yours make money? How does it actually work? You're going racing, but there's obviously more to it than that, isn't there? With sponsorship and so on. How do you make money in normal circumstances? And then we'll talk about what's happening at the moment. Make money, that'd be a novel thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but how are how teams structured um, in previous years, this previous six years, we had a type of sponsor of CIA Landlord Insurance, as you may remember. And then um, everything comes to an end. So they had reached, reached it, it ran its course, however you put it. So, but fortunately, a, a friend of mine called James Nay, who, who and owns a company called Devil Exhaust, actually, and they supply exhaust systems from Thailand, also had become the managing director of Dynavolt Thailand. And yeah, and, and so he introduced me to the president of Dynavolt, and, and we got talking. We managed to do a deal for Dynavolt to take over as a title sponsor of the team. Now, in all fairness, you know, uh, as most people will tell you and be aware, the type of sponsorship doesn't cover the full budget of the team. So then, um, <clears throat> not in the case of Ikari, less so, but in the case of our second rider, Patrick Hubblesberg, it's a discussion we have, um, and he brought his sponsors to the team as well. And I know some people call this pay to ride. I hate that. It's not pay to ride. It's like... We have a, a professional team and other people have professional teams and then anybody's in the same situation as, as, as us now anyway. Yeah. Uh, and we work together with the people to, so that benefit everybody involved. That's the riders and us as a team to work together. So if they come to us and, and we have a discussion, they've got a company back in them and we can supply the, the service to, for that rider and that company. That's how I look at it, people working together. It's not about people paying to ride. So yeah, so that, all those things come together. And then in conjunction with Dorna, give, um, for the races you participate in, in overseas and uh, for doing all around, Dorna make a, a contribution back to the team, which people may be not aware. And, all, and that whole thing puts the budget together. It's obviously not getting easier. Well, probably it was getting to a point where it was, it was becoming better after things recovered from the financial crash way back in 08. But all that took a time to come back. And now this uh, situation in COVID-19 could have a uh, could probably will have an adverse effect, and we'll all have to do our budgets tightly and look how we do things. Everybody from Dorna down to us as a team and everybody to make sure we're all still there in the future and, and build to go forward. Yeah, and there's loads of different opinions as there always are anyway in bike racing, but it's very very clear, isn't it, that Dorna are trying extremely hard to get this show on the road, whether it's MotoGP or World Superbikes. Have you had quite regular communication? Obviously, we've got Mark Sarina there, Gregorio Levia. They're trying very hard, aren't they? Do you think we actually are going to get some racing this year, depending on social distancing and all the rest of it? I mean, I'll speak to Mark anyway, because commercially over the start, especially with bringing a new company like Dynamo, it's a huge company, and I'll do the best they can. And there's maybe other opportunities I've talked to Mark about involving Dynamo and Dormer for the good of everybody. Obviously, benefiting me benefit them would benefit everybody so and yes Gregory I've known him for years anyway from when he was riding and I, I don't talk to him regularly because of course he's, he's busy doing uh the things he needs to do to try and bring this championship to get it started again I think they are working very hard I think it's in everybody's best interest all our interest that um we race again and do as many races as we can this year I, whilst I appreciate it's some people's concerns you know and it is true, and obviously I feel for everybody that's had any losses involved in the virus. Um, fundamentally, the economy in the world, regardless of motorcycle sport, cannot stand to be stationary as it is at the minute. And we will all have to find a way to get up and get working again and, and move on. 
we say yes to the world champion, world supersport, world superbike, MotoGP, Formula One, but for the whole economy anyway. So we're just part of that situation. I mean, looking at my provisional calendar here, which I, I'm now already on my ninth different version of this document, which I've been updating through the season in terms of calendars when we've had updates and changes and cancellations, postponements and all the rest of it. We obviously had Australia at the end of February. There's a huge gap at the moment through to what is at the moment the next round, Donington in early July, but I can't see that happening. You know, what do you think might be a, a calendar? We've got apparently this uh, double motor GP situation in Hereth, closely followed by a superbike weekend at the beginning of August. How many of these do you think are going to happen? Are we going to go to Argentina? Will we have Mizano in November? How much of it do you think is genuine? Well, obviously, this is you've just asked me that question. I can only answer that question in with a personal view without yeah. knowing all the factors. Yeah. My personal view with the factors that I, that I don't say no that I've been informed and people I talk to and that, I would believe that the two MotoGPs would go ahead at Herod and the World Superbike Race. I want to believe that. I like to believe that. But I, I think that is a credible thing. With that in mind, I think a race in Aragon is very feasible. Portimao, I mean, I, I'm, I've been friends with them since they sponsored my team at the start. Um, and I spoke not so long ago with the CEO of Portimao, Paolo Pinero. That track is open for track days and that now, as of last week, I think. I believe Portimao can go ahead. I think the same with Magni Corps. Yeah, for me, Masano can go ahead. Donington, first week in July, I think no. I happen to know there's another date for that race. Of course, it's our home round, so I'd love to see Donington go ahead. Assen, I don't know. Depends if there's another rated date for it uh, because of the difficulties, I think. Depends on that government. Yeah. Argentina, I know nothing about the uh, COVID-19 situation in Argentina, just from what I've heard and I think what you, you yourself have heard. I'd like to say we are going there, but I think it's unlikely. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that one. Uh, Qatar seems as though it's not going to happen. Obviously, that would have been round two. Germany, we already know, is cancelled. That's not going to happen. Uh, in fact, that proposed Hereth date is when Germany would have happened. And Imola, Simon, we know has been cancelled. And I think Dorna couldn't really risk going to Imola later in the year with even more chance of rain, bearing in mind what happened last year. They didn't want that embarrassing situation happening again, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's that or not. Or, you know that 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 tracks in, in a it works. It is in a park in the middle of the city. True. Yeah, so I, true. I don't know the reason behind it. It's a shame. That's yeah. all I can say. For me, that's just one of those things. That race has gone. The reason why it's yeah. gone, I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't know why. It's a shame. It's a shame if we lose that in a classic race. I'm not saying we're going to. I think we'll see a minimum of five six races, which would be half the season. Anything is a bonus, isn't it? Now after the situation we've had so far. Yeah, if we can if we can do six races be half a season, I think we 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 would all be, I wouldn't say happy, but satisfied that we we've done the best we can and and given everybody a, a return all their input into into our championship. I've heard a few different things. I'll try and just fire a few things at you at random off the top of my head. Um, two super sport races per weekend. That's one thing I've heard banded around. Is that a possibility to make up for the loss of some of these rounds, which we're inevitably going to have, even if we do get a season? Could that happen? I mean, it's something I'd like to see. It's not something I've heard. It's something I'd like to see. It's something I'd be li I'd like to have seen anyway. Personally, yeah. I'd like to see that we could. I'd rather see us race a, a sprint race. I, I would have to say this is a BSB one of Stuart Higgs' ideas, but I think it works quite well. It's a, it's a shorter race, super sport race on Saturday, and then the main race on Sunday. I'd like to. I'd like to see that happen. Um, it's not something I've heard. I can't see it to be honest with you. Because obviously, yes, if you say we had six races, we had two Super Bowl races at each race, we've had the season. 
Yeah, we would. That's fine for Super Sport, but what about Superbike? Yeah. So I, I can't see it. It's something I'd like to see, but I can't see that being the case. Talking of Superbike, generally, even regardless of the COVID situation, you're not a fan of the three races anyway, are you? I think you'd prefer two full-length races on a Sunday, wouldn't you? And that's it. Uh, personally, yes. It's not just from my personal view. Yes, I'd rather see the two races on on, on Sunday. It was maybe maybe that's because I'm old school. Um, or you're definitely old school, Simon. Yeah, we know about that. Because I'm old. Um, I'd rather <laughs> see it that way. Or if you want a Saturday race, one race on Saturday, one race on Sunday. I'm not a fan of the mm. race, no. That me personally. Uh, okay. Okay. So you're not so bothered about a Saturday race. It's the sprint race, the short sprint race you don't like so much. I think three races in a, in a, in a, in a weekend, every weekend, is a lot. Yeah. And I think even going mm. forward in a situation where we may be looking at restricted budgets, etc., then I think it's a huge strain on the, on the teams. Well, I mean, you've been, like you just said, you've been around racing a long time and in the paddock a long time. How do you think Dawn has done generally? Because as we've just said, there's some very hardworking good people at Dorna. They get a lot of criticism at times, but, you know, I've worked for Dorna and I know some of that criticism may be warranted, but a lot of it's unwarranted because they do work very, very hard. How do you feel they've done since they took the reins in 2013? I've got a lot of time for everybody in Dorna, from Olga Yowitz, who we deal with, who you know very well, to Gregorio, yep. everyone that's been there. And a lot of the people I've known for many years, Jim Franco, Coloya, uh, you know, I think... yeah. Every, uh, personally, I think they do a good job. I think they, they, they obviously they have to work within a budget. Everyone has to, I support them. They have my full support, and I think they've done a good job. And anything they need to do for what we need to do to get as many races in as possible this year, I support them in every way, and I will work with them to do that. Whether it benefits me personally or not, I understand the biggest picture, and uh, I will work with them any way I can to for us to complete in as many races as we can this year. Now, one of the jobs they're going to have at the moment, and I believe from talking to a few people over the last few days, actually, is obviously financial support for the teams. And it's something they've made a big deal of in MotoGP, I think about a month or so ago now, maybe a bit more. What about the Superbike situation? I'm hearing now that the teams in Supersport and Superbike are receiving financial support. And that's great news if that's true. Yes, that is true. Um, they've, that, that I did. I mean, it was something like Gregorio told me about it. And then um, this week, that's well, that, that's... Become, there's been an exchange of emails, and that is true. Obviously, I don't need to go into amounts, so and I don't think they do for MotoGP. But yes, they're doing the best they can, and they are supporting the teams, and that's a great thing to see. Yeah, and again, thanks to Dorna for that, and as I say, I support them in everything they're trying to do for get this season going. So if it does get going, we're going to have, what, six, seven rounds, I guess, and it will be business as usual, apart from the fact, I suppose, Simon, it's all going to be behind closed doors, isn't it? Or is there a chance we're going to get a crowd in at some of these places? We just don't know, do we, really? We don't know, but I, mean, I spoke, like I said, I spoke to Palo now at the Forty Mile Track. That race is scheduled for September. He was saying that maybe there would be a possible spectators of that round. I don't know. All I know is that, again, I'll go racing. We'll do the best job we can in any, and work with Dawn and everybody we can to do the best job we can. Um, and that's it. Obviously, I'd like there to be spectators there, and I fully understand the reasons if there can't be. Yeah. Now, obviously, if we don't, let's hope this doesn't happen. But if we don't get a world season for, for all the reasons we've been talking about, social distancing and uh, testing and all the rest of it, could you race in Britain? I mean, obviously, you've been there before. You're a British-based team. Is that a possibility? If there were no world super sport races, world super, no world superbike races, world superbike yeah. races, if there were no rounds, or yeah. indeed if um, BSB started up first, Yeah. I would look to do some wild cards in the British Super Sport Champion. Is 
I have asked you a hint about it. And he went, yeah, sure. So, um, yes, I would consider that. And, yes, I have looked into it. Not at the expense of, of World Super Sport, of course. But if if that was the only option, yes, I would do it for a, a return for, for, my, for everybody, in, from the riders to the people that work in my team to our partner, Dynavolt, and everyone involved, yes, to, to, for a return on everybody's investment and to, to put on a show. And you have to feel that BSB have got a decent chance of running, don't you? The fact that MSV either owns or has the lease on a lot of these British tracks, everyone pretty much is based in the UK. Surely that's going to be a lot easier to get underway, isn't it? In some form or other. You would think so. But you, you would think so. But I think that the cross border thing, I don't think it's a huge issue. And Dawn have a lot of influence in Spain as well. It's just funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, MSV are own, well, they own four and the least on the fifth one, the majority of the circuits. So yeah, yeah, you can see on the face of it, yes. And that's why I said if we were in a situation where we couldn't race World Superbike, <coughs> Superbike, Supersport, and the BSB series was running, then I obviously have to seriously consider and have seriously considered doing some of those races for a return on everybody's investment in our team. Makes perfect sense, I suppose. You're just down the road from Cadwell Park as well, aren't you? So I guess that would be an obvious one to do. Yeah, that is insane. I'm sure that Patrick Hobblesburg and I think his car is, his car is always up for anything. I reckon he'd find Cadwell Park interesting. <laughs> I got to actually, to watch Hikari Akuba around Cadwell would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. He's a good guy there. He's obviously back with you this year. It seems yeah. like, so, well, it is a long time since Australia, but how did that go for you guys? You've got Hikari Akubo, Patrick Hobblesberg has come across from the German Championship. Were you happy with that weekend? From Patrick's side, um, yeah, we always thought how Gersh was in to get him in the points. He finished 13th. He was, he was absolutely happy with it. And to be fair, I was, you know, like he just improved, improved all weekend. And um, and probably you'd have to say got as good a result as we could have hoped for, no matter what. On Hikari's side, um, coming back to the obviously he'd been on the Kawasaki, and I do believe being on the Kawasaki will benefit him in the end for uh, adapting like you have to do on a super sport bike to get the best out and to be one of those winners. Yeah. He showed it to, to, to re, the first round. He struggled. We tested for him out. He was taking a little while to get into it. The slick tires were a thing that getting that right feel for him. That's always a Japanese way, step by step. Now, he got taken out in the race by Gonzalez. That's because we didn't qualify as well. If you don't qualify well, you always run that risk. He would have been top 10. Obviously, we want a lot better for him than that. I'm very happy with Kari back in our team. I'm confident he can challenge at the front. And, and we, as you say, we worked together for two years. It was only that there was, obviously, ultimately, he has a goal for Superbike. And at that point, Honda had no option that he went to, to ride the Kawasaki. He's back with us. He's happy he's back with us. I am. And I'm looking forward to this year and 2021 as well with Hikari Kuru. He's definitely one of the best riders to commentate on. There's no doubt about it because he's quick. He's exciting. He's always getting sideways. And But he's a solid, he's a good guy, isn't he? I mean, he's a good, he's a good quick racer. He is. And, and I know he's Japanese. His English is getting better and better. He's charismatic. <laughs> he's charismatic. He doesn't mind singing the paddock show stuff. Like he's a Yeah, he loves that. Yeah. And, and we need characters in our sport. Yeah, that frustrates me sometimes. And I guess you're the same when people say there's no characters in World Superbike. It's just simply not true, is there? I mean, you know, maybe we need to work harder on bringing that across on the TV. I don't know the way the World Feed's done and the us at Eurosport and other people, I don't know. But there are some brilliant characters in the paddock and we do see that on, on Michael Hill's paddock show, don't we? We do. There are some, of course. I think the problem is, not now, because the, the, the Scott Redding coming to World Superbike is fantastic because he yeah. is the character. But other than that, and Bautista coming across was good, even though his season fell apart last year, but it was good news. 
at the top. Yeah. And that, I'm, obviously, I'm British, so I'm very partisan, and I love to see British riders doing well. But it isn't good if one nation dominates one championship. That's one problem. And yeah. maybe um, in some cases, some of the top riders have, have not been so as charismatic as they could have been. That's one thing, actually. I think that probably Karasaki and Jonathan Ray got a lot of the stick, and it wasn't their fault, was it? Because... You know, they can't slow down, can they? Domination, I think we all agree, is not good for any championship. But all the other teams have underperformed, haven't they, generally, the last few years, I think it's fair to say. But it does feel like this year, they're getting there. Yamaha, Ducati and others are getting there now. It's not just that. Like, it, it, there is that. I think that the, 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 the round one in Australia was fantastic rating. And I yeah. think it's also like, in top rack, that's like, that's, that, we'll just call him top rack because it's such a hard surname to say. No, go on, have, have a go, have a go. Let's have a listen. Razgat Yogu. That's all right. That sounded good either. But when you try and say it fast, it doesn't work out. He's a character. Yeah, he's, I know. He's got a bit of time. Um, Scott's fantastic. Uh, Alvaro's got something. So I think that and Ikari Cooper in our class. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, last year we saw we saw a bit of needling in our class between between um, Krubenacker and his team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles Brown and Charlie Hiscott's best that, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> That was that that Mizano race in particular was brilliant, wasn't it? Taking lumps out of each other on that last lap. I'm talking more about the interview he did with him. I think it was in Argentina where he saw he slagged his team. Oh, the interview, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he he was convinced he had uh, his engine switched down, turned down, wasn't he, in Argentina? And you can say obviously it's not good to see teams and riders falling out like that. But controversy makes viewing figures. So it's yeah. good to see some there's some more characters coming through now, and I think and I think we were the season got stopped, and that's a shame, but we've got, when it gets going again, we've got some great characters in there with behind closed doors or not. Yeah. Fantastic racing and, and, and some good stories behind the scenes. Yeah, we. I'm glad you agree with that because we get a lot of stick sometimes in the media, whether it's in newspapers or magazines or on the TV, of trying to cause trouble, and it really isn't that. The fact is, though, when there is an argument and someone like Krummenacker comes out and says that about his teammate, people love it back at home. You can just see it from the reaction on Twitter. Um, you know, it's not us trying to kick up a storm, is it? People like, right? People, I think people just appreciate those who are honest, don't they? And those who speak their mind, I guess. Well, I mean, in, that, in that particular case, no one tried to kick that up. He just came out. Of it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. If, if there's a story to be told, you're going to ask the questions and ask in the right way. Some people have yeah. criticized Charlie Hiscott, but I like Charlie. I think he, um, he, he does a good job. And, and that's what the people want. They don't want to just see, yeah. He's a great guy. It was really good to race him. If there is controversy there, people it adds to the show. Yeah, and I think as long as they respect each other on the track, which they all do pretty much, don't they? That's the main thing, isn't it? We don't want anything dangerous happening. Too dang well, it's dangerous enough as it is. Actually, Simon, what about World Supersport? I wanted to talk to you about that because so many people keep banging on about the fact that Supersport's dead and it's got no future. But those races, have, I've absolutely loved broadcasting those and watching those races and. The series isn't dead, is it? But how do you see it going forward? I guess they're going to have to adapt, aren't they? As long as they're making the bikes and making the parts, we're all right, aren't we? But what's going to happen once they're not anymore? Yeah, you're right. It's always fantastic racing. Uh, yeah. And I do think it's it's more of a British thing to knock it as much as, as, much as anything else. Obviously, BSB's trying to... Yeah, the Moto2 BSB, even they can't be bothered with it. No one even knows what's going on. You look at their championships, not in there. So, for it, but I do think you are going to see new models from manufacturers. I don't want to say any more than that at the minute. Um, okay. I think it's fantastic racing. And to be honest with you, 
the bigger problem is the superbike class because there's more stars in Superstore. You know, like, okay, it's great. Honda are back, superb. It's fantastic news. There's more than that. And, and then you've got the satellite team, Midori Moraki, brilliant. We've got Scott Reddy. But we need, we need more private teams. How we achieve that, personally, personally, um, it, the only way is to reduce the cost um, because it's hard to see now that there's going to be a, an influx of money coming in with the new situation we're in. But we need more teams. Yeah, Super Sport, I think there's things will happen where new bikes will come out, and uh, I think the series is fine. I think it's great racing, as you say. So I don't see a problem. I think it's a British thing. Mm. Almost a British thing to make out there is a problem. For me, I don't think there is such a big problem. You think you were just talking there about private teams. I remember having a good chat with Genesio Bevilacqua about this. Of course, he's won the title with a lot of Ducati support, but he won the title with Carlos Checa in 2011. And he said that. He said this championship needs to be more focused on the actual teams and not so much the manufacturers. Is there a danger then, Simon, do you think in some ways, when the manufacturers get too much power? You know, are they can they influence things too much? Is that fair or am I talking rubbish? I think, um, again, if I... It's easier for, in BSB, where Stuart Higgs does a fantastic job, it's easier for him because, and he does do this in fair play, where he'll go and make a decision. Yeah. Obviously, he can say consultation with the other people in the MSBR, like Jonathan Palmer, who yeah. he's consulting. But he makes a decision, and that's it. Yes. It's harder for that, for uh, Dorna to do that, because, of course, there are no manufacturers in BSB. Yes, you've got what they call works teams, but they're not the manufacturer teams. They're importer teams, and in case, yeah. actually, there's only one, and that's on yeah. the so uh, it's, it's, it's easier to make a decision. If you have a, where you're influenced by, you, you have the support of Kawasaki. Yeah, if I, if I was doing I'd say, right, this is what we're going to do. Do you want to race or not? Knowing that Kawasaki would. That, but that's an interesting yeah. gamble for me to take on their behalf and I'm not the one that's got to do it. I understand the difficulty. Because I think that Kawasaki team, I and mean, it's a phenomenal team, isn't it? They're, they're a higher quality team than a few of them in the MotoGP paddock, I would say that Provec setup, Gim Rhoda's team. Is it, you also hear them getting criticism sometimes saying they've got all these engineers in the garage, there's people working back in Japan and they're up against some of these private teams like Go11 and, and others up and down the pit lane. It's just not fair. Is that a fair statement? You know, is there is obviously a great disparity there, isn't there? <coughs> no, I don't think that is a fair statement. I mean, okay. yeah, they're, they're the team that are only concentrating on well suited by a yes yeah, they put all their KHI put all their resources into that, and we've seen the result with them dominating the, the World Superbike Championship. But also, yeah. Jonathan as a rider has done a fantastic job. Yeah, they and Grim Rodas, I know Grim for years. He was used to be in Supersport. His team have done. They they've done what you need to do. They've got they've got the support of the manufacturer. They were very well one team. They've got a good rider, and it's all working well together. Obviously yeah. now HRC are coming in with the same sort of effort though. And I do think, and I thought the Honda was very impressive in the first race, considering. Yeah. And Ducati, obviously, last year, Bautista kind of had difficulties in the second half of the year. I think Scott Redding will be very strong. I think Yamaha's coming stronger. Yes, they've been very dominant, but I think we're in for a very exciting time now going forwards. And no, I don't criticise them for being dominant. They just did the job better than the rest of us. Well, the fact is, when you walk in that garage, and you can see it on the TV, and you can feel it when you walk in, the level of professionalism in that Kawasaki garage is incredible isn't it i mean the way that team is run the detail involved in every single thing they do they are and they have been the last few years better than everyone else but it does feel like it's closing up a bit now doesn't it yes i, I think it is and i can't yeah. wait for it all to get started again 
that Honda operation as well is quite similar, isn't it, to Kawasaki, actually, in that you've got a lot of Spanish-based, Barcelona-based people with a Japanese manufacturer behind them. Uh, and you do, a few Kawasaki people have hinted already to me as well that we need to watch them <laughs> because they're going to be a force, aren't they? Certainly 21, you'd imagine. They're going to be a big force. I think they are. I think, um, I've said in Australia, I think they did very well. I think the bikes, considering how new it is, for sure they're going to be a force. For sure yeah. they are. For sure, Ducati are. Yes. And I think Yamaha are. I think that's what I'll tell you. I can't wait to get started. I think it's going to be good. And I think in our yeah. terms, okay, there's been super sport that is, has been Yamaha dominated in recent years, but mainly because the fastest riders were on those bikes. Even in our turn, I think, again, you'll see things unfold as into next year where, and I think this year, when as Kai gets back to grips with us, I think, and with Kawasaki and Mahias, I think we're going to see some good races. Can't wait. Because me neither. Supersport gets the stick sometimes, doesn't it, for being an R6 Cup, but isn't surely the nature of the beast that if a new bike comes out and they've made a better bike than everyone else, they're going to be winning. Isn't that, that's pretty normal, isn't it? Why should they get criticised for being so good? Well, I don't think, all I'll say about that is, as I just said, it's just that there's a perception of that. Yeah. And like George has worked for me twice over the years, as you know, yeah. and he now would say that our bike's still a good bike. And if he was still riding our bike, yeah. he would still be challenging for the wins on it. For sure. Carl Smith, when he's rode our bike, and last, uh, yeah, he, he's come back and won at the front on it. Okay, he doesn't have Jules consistency, but it's not about Mahias. Went from the Yamaha, okay, he first got on the Kawasaki, looked a bit average, about eighth. End of the year, end of last year, he's there challenging for the wins on the podium. Yeah, yeah. It's, about, it's all about getting the right riders on the bikes, and obviously Yamaha put a really good package together. They've got bonus schemes for the teams, a uh, point where Honda and Kawasaki were doing less. Uh, so everybody was on the Yamahas, but we, we will see a change of situation. I do believe, I still believe, I'm not saying it's a good bike yet, it's a very good bike. But yeah. I think Dawn has done a great job in trying to level things, and I think we, you will start to see that change, if not this year, next year. Just before we go, Simon, what should we expect now? Of course, it's all going to depend on social distancing rules, and I, I suppose it's a shame to say, but the death count and the number of people who are infected and all the other things we've been hearing over the last two or three months. When should we maybe expect some news now, some definitive news about whether we're going racing or not? Do you know? Are we guessing still? You know, what can you say? I'd be guessing. All I can say is, and I want to believe, and I do believe, that we will race at Hareth. And so I'd expect that we would do that. To actually get confirmation that, we need to wait till June. Yeah. To actually see the situation as with all our countries and ease the lockdown situation to make. I want to believe, and I do believe, we'll race at Hareth. Okay, so that would be the weekend of the 1st and 2nd of August, wasn't it? So, yeah, so just to confirm, how, how many weeks before that do you think we need to know by, more or less? Well, I've been making all the preparations, as I said, with the, with the, the core people that work in my team, as I myself, Sarah Stockhill, Stuart Miller and George Buckmaster, we've made all the preparations. We, if they told me to go racing next week, we're ready. All right, perfect. All right, well, we'll stay in touch. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I don't know whether I'll be there or commentating remotely from London, which is quite possible, I think. But uh, maybe see you there or maybe just see you on the TV. I'd like to see you there. We'll keep in touch and keep the banter going. And um, yeah, I look forward to it. I've just got to say, by the way, did Charlie Hiscott pay you in those interviews at Magnicor last year to mention the fact that he, which isn't true, beat me in the karting the night before? He didn't pay me. He did. He did. <laughs> Charlie and I always have a bit of banter going between each other. We say, oh, what should we talk about now? We have a bit of a crap. And we, 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 I can't remember if we spoke about interview goes on. 
just mention the fact that I beat Greg Haynes. <laughs> Not even true. Yeah, show me it is true. And I, I think... It's know, fake if, news. If you beat you, just take it on the chin. If you lost, you lost. I, I would, Simon. I, he was destroyed that on that occasion, I'm afraid. And that's why he was so bitter about it. So you feel, so it's not true he didn't beat you? No, he didn't. No, I beat him. To be fair, he normally beats me, which is why it was such a massive event when I beat him. Ask all the Eurosport people. <laughs> no, I'll have to do that. When I get off from you now, I'm going to tweet him and ask him. <laughs> all right. And he'll have to listen to the podcast now on Monday to find out what we said about him, which is great. All right. Simon, thanks very much. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the TV, hopefully on that first weekend of August in Jerez. Thank you. Pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Well, that's great to hear, isn't it? Simon, particularly optimistic there that we are going to get some racing in World Superbikes this year. I think we're going to be expecting some announcements from Dorna soon and also from MSV regarding the British Superbike Championship. So stay tuned for all the latest and we'll just have to see what happens, won't we? Larry Carter is on next week's show. Have a listen to this. Um, the year was 2004. I'd been doing this job for four years. Uh, in pit lane, and um, again, I managed to. Is a you know you've been up and down pit lane uh, nowadays, where it's very very regulated with the amount of people that are allowed in in pit lane. Mm. It's you know it's a very dangerous environment when you've got motorbikes and everything else was in past year. And especially and in your case, you've got headphones yeah, on as well because you've got your cans on and because you're listening to uh, what's yeah. going on. You effectively you don't have that that perception that there's a motorbike. Uh, just in your vicinity and I have been clipped a couple of times foot pegs you know ripping trousers and things like that it's <laughs> you know we've we've been close on one or two occasions well this particular time was 2004 and it was the latter stages of what we would now call data tag extreme qualifying mm-hmm. and of course everybody is out there trying to get out on track and get a, a quick lap in and um, James Ellison it was who was riding for the Bernie Tolman Gentin squad and he was running as a privateer that year when the, the championship was divided up into uh, what we would call work spikes and cut bikes and he was running for yeah. Bernie Tolman on the Jensen Yamaha he's come back from uh, from a couple of seasons in the world championship at, at James and uh, it, it was a few minutes to go and I was halfway down the, the pit lane at Donington Park and I was reporting what was happening and that James Allison was just putting a new rear Tyrion, he was going back out, and Yukio Kagiyama just left pit lane, and John Reynolds had just done this, and Jackie Byrne had done that, and and everything else. And uh, I was kind of a third of the way across. If you can imagine the pit lane being the nearest is the pit uh, the pit garage doors, and the yeah. furthest across is the uh, the pit wall. Well, I was kind yeah. of like a third of the way out from the, the garage doors, and I, you know, I had my wits about me. And uh, just up in the distance, probably around 100 metres away, I could see Ellison just leaving his uh, his pit garage. Of course, he was quite keen to uh, get uh, out onto track. And just as James was accelerating away, he was, he was on my trajectory. And the the idea is, uh, over the years, is don't try and get out of anybody's way. Just if you if you move, you're a, you know you're more likely to get hit. If you know stand. Engage a ride with eye contact and they will miss you. And 99 times out, 999 times out of 100, it works. Except just as James was accelerating away, he happened to look behind him. Oh, uh, no. the, the sort of thing that you would see when a rider is leaving pit lane, how just for one or two seconds, they just cast their eye back in the direction of the, uh, the, the riders on track. But by 
this time accelerating accelerating away of course the the 50 or so meters to me had become virtually nothing mm. and i'm stood there just waiting for james to cast his eye back in the right direction um and it didn't come in time and uh. he, and i thought well i've got to do a split second decision here i've got to dive out of the way because it at the speed that he was doing, again, I'm not sure what the pit lane speed limit was at the time, but it would be around about maybe 40 or 50 miles an hour. It doesn't sound very much, but but uh, I jumped one way, and by which time James had just, to say, started looking to the direction that he he, he intended, but it was too late, and he, he hit me. And um, he pulled the brake on a little bit to arrest the speed, but he, he bundled me... Um, Base over apex, uh, down pit lane, head, knees, head, knees, head, knees, head, knees, um, do, doing a, an, a personal impression of an Olympic gymnast. <laughs> um, whereas James's had fallen off the bike and the bike had ended up against the pit wall. And James, who was leading the privateers championship at the time, was, I seem to recall, laid on the floor as well, which he'd hurt his leg. Um, and, what a scene of chaos it must have been. Yeah, and, 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 and I remember thinking, I picked myself up. There was there was no pain. I remember that there was no pain, mm. um, but I was aware that um, there was a lot of blood uh, about, oh, and yeah. I'd uh, I'd um, broken my nose. I'd broken a couple of fingers. Oh, dear, uh, dear, I'd, really? I'd, I'd, I'd knocked a tooth out. I'd split my lip. I'd skinned my my arms, my elbows, uh, as well as just you know the shock of it all. And uh, come on, and Larry, I, you that was a, that sounds like a terrible accident. That was a really well, bad one. It, it it was it was it was i was quite shook up about it and but i said i'm okay i'm okay and i, I looked at my cans on the floor and quite simply greg without putting too fine emphasis on it they saved my life because my cans i've gone down on my the side of my head my temple effectively Oof. and and the substantial cans that you were wearing at the time not like the little earphones that you wear now um had effectively taken the 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 impact they were absolutely oh. smashed to smithereen that just proving how dangerous a place the pit lane is. And there's another tremendous anecdote coming up with Larry in next week's show when his sleepy North Allerton cul-de-sac in North Yorkshire was raided by Eurosport's very own Shaky Burn at 3am one year. Absolute carnage by the sounds of it. Greg Haynes here. Thanks for listening. And many thanks also to Simon Buckmaster. Please subscribe if you can. And if you haven't already to... Full Throttle, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on the Eurosport website as well. And please, by all means, get in touch. Greg Haynes TV on Twitter and Eurosport underscore UK if you have any ideas or people you'd like to hear from in upcoming episodes. We're always very interested to hear your ideas and, of course, hopefully uh, get them into the show if we can. So it's Larry next week. Thanks to Simon this week. And in the meantime, stay safe.